Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast that's hosted by Sam Roberts. I am your host, Sam Roberts. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast. Uh, of, of all weeks to be the host of a wrestling podcast, this would be it. Of all times to reflect on things in pro wrestling, especially here in New York. If you follow me on social media, you know I was all over SummerSlam weekend. I was at TakeOver, I was at uh, SummerSlam, I was at Raw, all at the Barclays Center, all in Brooklyn, New York, and I will tell you this, all three excellent shows, SummerSlam had its issues with uh, the ending, and it's really it's really interesting, and we'll talk more about this in the state of wrestling, but it is really interesting that uh, it's kind of come to be expected when you put out that NXT... The NXT is doing a takeover. Then there's going to be SummerSlam, a WWE pay-per-view. And then there's going to be Raw after the SummerSlam. One would assume that SummerSlam is going to be third on that list of how good the shows are. And that that's, that's unexpected and, and kind of illogical, but it's the truth. You know, when you, when, you, when you break it down, not was it better, what would you expect to be better? You know, I don't think anybody, I think most people... Went in going, you know what? I think TakeOver might be better than SummerSlam. You know what? I'm really excited about the Raw after SummerSlam. Um, But nevertheless, uh, so much to talk about. Of course, uh, uh, Paul Heyman is going to be on the podcast this week. I had a live event. Let's talk about real quick because we may not get into everything in the state of wrestling. I sometimes really think state of wrestling should be its own show. Maybe we do like an interview. Maybe we do this podcast. Would you listen to an additional, I don't know, 45 minutes, half an hour. What, what, how much more state of wrestling do you want? Let me know at not Sam. If it's zero, tell me zero. You got enough, Sam. Relax. We know what you think of wrestling. But if I could get Linendahl involved, uh, how much more state of wrestling do you think we should be doing? And listen to today's show, because today's show is about, you know, the average length. Hopefully it will be. And, and, and give me your, your feedback on that. Of course. If you want to support the show, you not only do that, not only do you respond to my call to actions, but you buy yourself a t-shirt. You go to not, uh, uh, prowrestlingtees.com. That's prowrestlingtees.com slash Sam Roberts. And you can get a Not Sam shirt or a What's the Hap shirt, whatever you want. I was sitting at TakeOver, actually, and I saw across the arena one young lady wearing a Not Sam mode t-shirt. I couldn't have been prouder. I could not have been prouder. So, uh... I appreciate uh, when all that stuff happens, and I'll give you I'll give you a hug. I'll give you a hug if I see you, unless you're a man, in which case I'll, uh, well, you'll get a fist bump, but a fist bump is still very, very exciting. Uh, I thought Stephen Amell was fantastic. I don't think anybody realized the celebrity involvement at SummerSlam might have been the best celebrity involvement of any WWE show ever. From Jon Stewart interfering in the main event. Now, you know, Jon Stewart... You, I don't know if he knocked it out of the park. He, he hesitated a little bit with that chair shot. But, but, from Jon Stewart interfering in the main event and then going on Raw the next night and taking an attitude adjustment, then Stephen Amell wrestling like a full match and actually pulling off some moves and looking good, I, I thought it was it was the best celebrity involvement I remember seeing in a very long time. And Stephen Amell did really well. It did not disappoint it didn't disappoint whatsoever. This podcast is being recorded uh, a couple of hours before the last episode of Tough Enough, so we won't really talk about that today. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about, and we'll get into all of it. What I want to do is start with Paul Heyman. I I looked at, here's what I did. I looked at SummerSlam weekend, and I said, okay, there's a lot of great shows. There's a lot of great fan events at SummerSlam weekend. There was the, the three shows that I mentioned. Indie shows all over the place, uh, the NXT panel, plenty of meet and greets. But I thought to myself, self, there's not enough media. There's not enough media coverage. There's not enough spots for primetime Sam Roberts. No. So what do we do? We, uh, we, we break it down, and 
we decide, okay, then I need to create my own event. I need to become part of SummerSlam weekend. And I call my friends at WWE and I say, can we make this happen? And it wasn't easy. You know, a lot of strings had to be pulled. But, and that's not a euphemism, by the way. But, at the end of the day, I was able to pull off an event. And I was so happy to see a lot of you guys out there. uh, And and really glad that it seemed like you all had a really good time. Of course, I'm talking about the event uh, that I hosted at Caroline's. Sam Roberts show on Sirius XM was live at Caroline's, but you know, I don't mind co-branding Sam Roberts show on Sirius XM with the Sam Roberts wrestling podcast. A couple of elements uh, are in common with those two shows. So I got some of the listeners of Sam Roberts show on Sirius XM. I got some of the listeners of Sam Roberts wrestling podcast, and I brought everyone together for what I thought was a really good show. And I got uh, really good feedback on it. So I was happy with it. Uh, today on the podcast, I want to play for you my uh, live interview with Paul Heyman. There are about uh, somewhere between two and 300 people in the audience. Uh, everybody was psyched. Of course, the video of Paul Heyman singing Glory, Glory, Brock Lesnar has gone everywhere. Uh, but here it is, Paul Heyman with me and Katie Linendahl live at Caroline's on Broadway in New York City, part of uh, my live show spectacular that I recorded on Thursday of last week. Here we go. Live, Paul Heyman. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is the advocate. Advocate. For the one who put the one in 22 and one and the man who will advocate for the conqueror this Sunday at SummerSlam. You think I like that? I think you're doing good. Keep going. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Heyman. There he is. Look at this guy. He looks like a million bucks. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. They're very excited to see Paul Heyman. You know how to use one of these? You worked one of these before? There he is. Paul Heyman. Oh, boy. I don't like that he got a bigger pop than me. My phone. Glory, glory, Brock Lesnar! Yeah! Glory, glory, Brock Lesnar! Okay! Glory, glory, Brock Lesnar! Brock Lesnar marches on! He did it in person! He did it in person! And he did it in person. Can you believe it? Have you ever seen anything so exciting in your life? Only on Sam Roberts' show or Monday Night Raw. It's the first song right. I've sang in public since my bar mitzvah, and we already have one million hits on YouTube. Incredible. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, I'm glad that you started That's with not okay. how you introduced me. Ladies I, well, and gentlemen. I did that. My name. Oh, boy. It's one of these... Is Paul Heyman. He's done it before. Come here, come here, come here. Paul. Sit right here. Some lady being ushered onto stage. I belong in the Cesaro section. What? Okay. Of all the cheap pops, I don't believe Paul Heyman is now sitting down in the audience. He does what he this wants. This is absurd. No, I'm not in the audience. I am where I rightfully belong, where good taste is demonstrated in the Cesaro section. What about all the great taste up on stage? There's great taste up here. There is. Uh, hold on. <laughs> there is. Yes. Because if for no other reason, Katie... How dare you? He's on the Today Show. How dare you? People know that by now, Paul. 
People know that. They've seen it on YouTube. And they're excited. You have a question for me? I do. I'm glad that you started with that song. Because when I was watching you perform, the song that Paul Heyman just performed, he also performed live. What are you doing with Katie? You're trying to make this more intimate? All I can do in a PG environment at the moment. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I get for it. For those of you looking for the Disney-fied version of sports entertainment, this is the portion of the show where you take the children outside. <laughs> I'm glad that you sang that song, though, because what was going through... We've all performed in front of live audiences before, for instance, this. Uh, but all that was going on in my head... When you're on Monday Night Raw and you're in a ring and you know there's millions of people watching, there's tens of thousands of people in the audience and you're singing this song. If halfway through that song, that crowd is not responding, that would be the most douche-chill-inducing feeling of bombing. Does that ever concern you? No. It doesn't. <laughs> were you sure that was going to work? Yes. You were? You know why? Why? Because my name right. is right. Paul Heyman. Right, right. No, you're right. Silly question on my part, I guess. So, but there was, you, when you go, was it your idea to sing the song? I would assume it was. Uh, here, here's, here's a little scoop for you. Tell and, me. Um, you notice how a lot of people's promos sound alike? That's right. You notice how mine don't? That's right. I write my own stuff. Right. And they love your own stuff, Paul Heyman. Well, I, I, I also have a 900-pound gorilla backing up my desire wait, wait, to wait. write my own stuff. So you say, you're telling me that Brock Lesnar's threatened to beat up the people who run WWE Do if you, you don't get to write... Do you honestly believe that Brock ever even really needs to threaten? He doesn't, does he? Brock no. in and of himself is a threat. Well, let me ask you this. I know what it is. What is it? A question. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. We talked about it on the top of the show. But uh, Brock Lesnar has been uh, booed quite a bit. Recently, he's been getting a lot of cheers. And I have to ask you this. Is it a... Why? Tell me why. Why does he build up his questions? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I'm going to. Get to the point, Sam. There needs content. He has Every somewhere to be later. I'm the Get son the of a personal injury attorney from the Bronx. Yeah. Anybody here from the Bronx? Big up to the boogie. And, and all I learned in life is ask the question straight. Get a straight answer. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Here it comes. Right. Here comes the question. I got a question for you. You know, I've been thinking about this. Here we go. What's the question? You could have just asked me what the question was. What's you the sure question? sure took a long time for... Listen. Why now is I'm the... being ordered to listen. Why is the undertaker... I can, I can only answer the question if I listen to the question. Why aren't you asking these questions? She's on the Today right. Show. Katie Linendahl, ask him why the Undertaker keeps kicking Brock Lesnar in the in the balls. That's such a stupid question. But why does he keep doing that? <laughs> Could you ask me a question? Why I apologize does, in advance. For why that. does he keep doing it? Why would the Undertaker low blow Brock Lesnar constantly? You won't even answer. That's absurd. Let me ask you a question, Paul. Yes, ma'am. I actually very much enjoyed your interview with CBS Sports. You said you're having the best time oh, of what your entire life yes. right now. Yes. Because you get to be the advocate, not a manager, right. an advocate Correct. for Brock Lesnar. Yes. Is this truly the best time, looking back through everything from ECW to when you were selling stuff when you were 11 years old, right now? Yeah. The moment? Uh, it is for several reasons. Number one, because I never look back. Ever. Because it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to look back. Because even if I had regrets, which I don't, I'm not like Frank Sinatra, you know, regrets. I had a few. I have absolutely no regrets. Because it got me to where I am. Well, not at this moment because I'm sitting next to Sam. But, <laughs> but you know, in general. It's not that funny. In, <laughs> actually, I thought it was hysterical. I'm sure you did. Um, but, but I never look back. So I, I don't reminisce. I don't have time to reminisce because I have so much more in my life that I want to accomplish. I'm having the time of my life because number one, I'm working with my best friend in the world, Brock Lesnar. I, I get to advocate and extol the virtues of someone whom I genuinely, legitimately, authentically believe in. Because he is the most legitimate athlete in the history of WWE. There's no one like Brock. He is a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. And... You know, write, writing myself is real easy because I just write what I believe in. I mean, everything I say about him, I, I, I truly, truly, truly believe. So it, it's really, it's, it, I'm having a blast because I'm enjoying what I'm doing because I get to work with Brock. And number two, because... There's a fruit fly in here. 
<laughs> He's got too much class to hit it. Yes, I'm all right now, but yesterday was really rough, let me tell you. Um, so it, it's, it's the time of my life. And by the way, that was a really, really good oh question. My God. Do I get a follow-up? Yeah, oh, please, this is absurd. Right ahead. This has gotten to the point where it's out of control. Shut up, Sam. So the timeline you got it. with Brock, though, I mean, even you have said there's only so much time he has left before he leaves and becomes a farmer full-time. Does that make you nervous? And you're always looking ahead, like you just said. Where do you look next? Um, where I look next? NXT. Oh, that's why they call it that. In particular, give me three names that really excite you on the NXT roster. NXT. Three, three guys. But those are. Or girls. Why, why, why just guys? And, and, and I said girls. Um, the entire roster. You know, it, I, I did this. For those of you who listened, who follow MMA, I did a radio show with, with Ariel Helwani a few years ago. And, um, and he asked me, you know, just about the youth movement that I've, I've always advocated for. And I said that if, if I were Hank Steinbrenner, or, and, and, I, and I fired Brian Cashman and I put Paul Heyman in charge of the New York Yankees and they would be a much better team if Paul Heyman was in charge of the New York Yankees. Um, my first move would be to get rid of Derek Jeter, as unpopular as that would have been a few years ago, and get rid of A-Rod, which would have been very popular a few years ago. And the reason was, was because A-Rod wasn't going to... He hit 600 home runs, but he won't hit 600 more. And my, my reasoning was, go get a bunch of 21 and 22 and 23-year-olds for the Yankees. Spend five years building the team. You'll have a bunch of 27 and 28-year-olds as your team. You'll have 10 years of a dynasty. So today, if I'm looking at the NXT roster, I don't want to pick one person or one, one guy, one girl, two guys, two girls. I don't want to pick that. Give me the whole roster. Give me the whole NXT roster. Now, I have the entire future of sports entertainment. I'm talking. I told you about the Q&A thing later, you know. Shh. Don't interrupt the man with the microphone. Doesn't feel so good when he does it to you, huh? Are you laughing, <laughs> idiots? You really are a funny guy. <laughs> so I, I don't want to limit myself. Why would I ever, why would I ever limit myself to the, I want this one. You know who I want? And I'll tell you this. Here's something very funny, and I'm not kissing his tuchus because he happens to be here today. I would actually, first-round draft pick, I'd take Corey Graves. And, and to back that up, by the way, can we lower this just a bit? Because um, I'm popping all my peas. Um, just lower it a little bit in your hand. The, Teaching Paul Heyman mic technique, primetime, Sam Roberts. Some people need to keep it up this high, Sam. Um, I get that. I don't conform to family entertainment. <laughs> I warned you at the top. Um, the reason why is because Corey doesn't have to worry about getting one person over. Corey gets the whole roster over. And that's the key. He is the best color commentator in the game today, and I don't limit that to WWE or NXT. Corey Graves is the Joe Rogan of WWE. Wow. And the job that he's doing is so phenomenal that sooner than later, we're going to say that Joe Rogan is the Corey Graves of UFC. With that said, could we ever see Paul Heyman fill the role of, say, a William Regal? I, I wouldn't. I, I'm so comfortable in the position that I'm in right now. Timeline, I, moving forward. I don't know. I, I, I'm not trying to avoid your question. I'm trying to, just in an honest answer, I, I don't know what the future holds for his role, for that role, for the landscape of where the business is going to be. It's no secret Brock has a few more years left, and I hope to spend them with him. So looking forward right now, I'm looking at Brock's run. And once we get to the end of that run, then these will be the hard decisions that I'll have to make as to, okay, what really do I want to do? Will it be – I mean, I don't, I mean I'm not trying to suggest, hey, you know what, I'm going to ride off into the sunset with Brock, but I can't tell you that I won't either. It's just – to me, he's so special. He's so unique. He's so once-ever um, I, I, and, and to be attached at his hip and, and to have my legacy partially defined by what we do together now. I mean, if, if I walk down the streets of New York City, it used to be always, yo, 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 he's a dog, he's a dog, man. <laughs> hey, 
And now I get as many people, you know, just going, Brock Lesnar. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, and before that, it was always, hey, man, where's the telephone? <laughs> you know, so I, I've had many different lives that I've, I've been fortunate enough to live. How you doing? I'm good. All right. So... Uh, it, it, to define, to have such a legacy defined with Brock Lesnar, who has a really unique legacy as well, I, I don't know what happens when he decides that's enough. Let's go back to The Undertaker. Obviously, Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker at SummerSlam. But this started even before WrestleMania, and we never really figured out what the problem was. Is this the kick in the balls question? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'll get back to that towards the end of the interview. Hopefully, you will have forgotten by then. But what was their altercation when Brock Lesnar was still with UFC? And he and The Undertaker had an altercation, something after one of his fights. It seemed very real. It did not seem pro wrestling. Brock Lesnar was not a pro wrestler at the time. What was that altercation? Why was The Undertaker in the front row for a Brock Lesnar fight? I don't know. Once Brock Lesnar left WWE, you didn't see Brock Lesnar go buy a bunch of tickets to WWE to sit in the front row, see an Undertaker match, did you? He was not interested. That's right. right. And he's still not interested. No. Right. But what was The Undertaker doing? What was it about? I don't understand. About The Undertaker being there. He j- so Brock had, did Brock have a problem with Undertaker being there? Yes. He did. Yes. He did. In real life. Did. Yeah. yeah. He's a dark cloud. He's a sword of Damocles. He's a curse. Why is that? I thought everybody loved The Undertaker. How did Brock do on that night? Uh, in the, that night at the UFC? Right. Right. No, I know. He didn't do well. Right. And, and, and why? Because, because he lost his equilibrium and because he was suffering from diverticulitis. Right. Right. Who put that curse on him? As far as Brock you did. think diverticulitis was a curse? <laughs> You don't think it was a well, lack of when roughage you, when, in his when diet? You do, when you do 20 years of promos going, I ride with the devil, rest in peace. Wow. Hey, you know, <laughs> here's the kavorka on you. <laughs> so he's just sitting there putting needles hey, in his two, Brock Lesnar dog in, gut. In 2002, yeah. the Undertaker fought a rookie, a rookie, a first-year guy named Brock Lesnar and got his ass kicked all over the ring by Brock Lesnar, including in Hell in a Cell, which is the Undertaker's match itself, and lost to Brock Lesnar. But to be fair, Undertaker was not throwing low blows at that point in his career. Oh, yes, he was. Go back he was and kicking watch. in the balls then? Hey, if you watch the Hell in a Cell, I, I dare anybody here to watch the Hell in a Cell match. I'm sure you can watch it on the... Here it comes on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine, or or just so that I remember belling against the system. Check it out on YouTube. I'm sure it's there for free. Um, <laughs> and if you watch that Hell in a Cell match, around eighteen minutes into the match, Brock Lesnar is on the top rope and he's pounding down on top of the Undertaker. And what does the Undertaker do? He doesn't immediately go for the last ride. What does he do? Low blows. Low blows. Brock Lesnar. And he survived, and Brock Lesnar won. That's right. He well, did. And he's going to win again this Sunday. Look at that. Uh, I was watching. You your... can applaud that. <laughs> he's right. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, stop. 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 Oh, please. <laughs> I was watching your DVD last night. It's a great DVD. Are you happy with the way the DVD came out? Yes. You are. You seemed like you hesitated a little bit before you said no. Yes. I answered your question with oh. one word. How many people have seen the DVD? <laughs> but. You said something interesting. and, I, and I, How many people love the part where he fired his mom? Who does that? <laughs> Who does that? He she hired wasn't doing his the job. She wasn't doing the job. fired her from concessions. Okay, moving on. Sorry. But when you're trying to build a company, you need good people around you. And if your mom's not a great person at that gig, what are you going to do? I would have fired my mom, too, quite frankly. I wouldn't have. Just out of principle. I fire your mom, too, just for being a mom. She's right there. <laughs> Is she really yeah. there? <laughs> where? Where? Which one? Wave to where? the people, where? mother. Hey, mom. <laughs> So, you did a good job, Mom. All right, all right. You're going to give her a big head. Um, Were any of your other children successes in life? <laughs> I don't like what that question infers. <laughs> but you said in the DVD, and, and this goes to Katie's question about, you know, what do you do next? And you saying, you know, I don't know. We'll see what comes next. That at one point in your life, you left wrestling, and you thought you were going to go into radio. You were po- ready to go into New York radio. Yes. And you were going to go head-to-head with Howard Stern. Is that <laughs> yes, right? Yes, Do you think you would have been as successful at radio as you are at wrestling? Oh, yes, 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 okay. yes, 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 Let me tell you something about radio. You can't just go on the, on the air and cut a promo for four hours a morning every morning. Okay, oh, eventually people will get... You may not be able to... Listen. Listen to me, Paul Heyman. I am a professional broadcaster. I know the difficulty. You think you would have been better than me? Yes. Oh, my God. That's, 
That's absurd. Howard Stern came into New York from DC 101 and he whipped Don Imus's ass right yes. off the radio. Yes. And in 1993, when I was considering going, and, and, and the station, by the way, was hot in 97. And you know, and you think about it now, because, you know, first it was in the 1990s, everybody, you know, was. Uh, it was extreme. You know, we came up with extreme championship wrestling. Then it was extreme Taco Bell, extreme Chicken McNuggets, extreme Burger King, extreme extreme Toyota. Everything became extreme in 1990s. Mountain then, Dew was awesome. The, the, um, <laughs> um, and then... Uh, and, and, then, and then last year, we came up, or two years ago, we came up with Eat, Sleep, Conquer, Repeat. And now that Eat, Sleep, Blank, Repeat is... Everywhere. Did you really come up with that, or was that no, like a... actually, no? And, and I, I'll, I'll give it to you. It was a Thank fat you. boy, fat boy Slim and Calvin Harris had it out for a year, and nobody gave a crap. <laughs> nobody. No, nobody. Right. So then we use it on TV, and it's everywhere. So back in back in the 1990s, there was a move to bring me on Hot 97 in New York to go against Howard Stern in the mornings. And of course, the big thing was, wait a minute, how can you put a Jew boy on on, on a hip hop radio station in the mornings? It makes no sense. Who is the host of Hot 97 in the mornings now? A Jew boy. Peter Rosenberg. How did that happen? Whose idea was this? Yeah, but you know, Peter Rosenberg's not getting Howard Stern numbers. That's not an insult. Just look at the books. Peter Rosenberg isn't Paul Heyman. Ah. I see. I'd have mopped the floor with Howard Stern. Would you have done a hip-hop morning show, or would you have changed the format of the station? <laughs> no, I just would have talked for four hours. You would have done it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. If you think I don't have 20 hours material in me a week, you're, you're sorely <laughs> underestimating what I have inside of me. Uh, we were talking about the UFC th- moment a moment ago, but what I want to ask you is, you know, you're an MMA fan, that's right, correct? Yes. Uh, what did you think of Dana White using the dreaded F-word fake to describe wrestling. You know, a lot of wrestling fans got very, very upset about that. Then those are people who value Dana White's opinion on, on WWE or professional wrestling. Right. And I wouldn't give a shit what Dana White has to say. <laughs> Why would you care what Dana White's assessment of what we do is? Why? Why would you care? Just like I don't think Dana White should care what I think of UFC. Why would he possibly care about what my opinion is? He's doing great in life. Right. Why would he care what I think? And in the same way, I don't give a damn what Dana White has to say about us. Who cares? You're right. Paul Heyman, everybody. <laughs> Paul Heyman. Now, look, I want to open this up to the audience. Would you mind taking some questions from them? From them? Oh, from them. this is a, a respite from you? Absolutely. <laughs> All By right, the way, yeah. I, I, before we start, I'm glad you dressed for the occasion. First of all, I look cool, okay? That's, that's my, it's my brand. Right, Katie? Oh, she's stuck. Katie looks hot, but... Oh, Mr. Pink! Mr. Pink! Hold on a second. Oh, he had but, this but plan. Katie, this not, is ridiculous. Not, not dressed. This, of course, planned. It's I, a stunt. I write my stuff out. I told you that. Mr. Pink, just throw it, Mr. Pink. Just throw it. Okay, we got Just a man in a suit coming to the stage. Ooh. He's got a T-shirt. Okay, it says the words, I'm a Paul Heyman girl. And he's given the T-shirt. You're going to upset Grumpy Cat, who's on Katie Linendahl's shirt right now. I don't care about Grumpy, Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat got upstaged. Oh. <laughs> Hold on Much a minute. Better. Mr. Pink, come here. Come here. Okay, Mr. Hold Pink is back. Paul Heyman. Time for a little chaos. Hold on. Oh, chaos. Not on Sam Roberts' show. We try to keep things a little more professional than that. Oh, no, it's not even. Oh, my gosh. He's throwing out freebies. All right, listen. Here is Sam Roberts. That was Paul Heyman live at Caroline's on Broadway, part of my uh, live Sam Roberts show that I did. I told you all about it. I tweeted all about it. You could have been there. You could have been in the audience. You tell me what you want to hear. I'm, I'm never quite sure. I know people listen to this podcast and my material in a variety of different ways. I have posted the entire show, so the entire Sam Roberts show as it aired on SiriusXM. It was two hours, including commercials. The whole thing is over on YouTube right now at youtube.com slash NotSam. You can also find it at NotSam.com. Uh, so it's all online. I am torn. Because I want to share the whole thing with you, but I don't want to be repetitive with content. I don't want you guys to, to feel like you're getting reruns. So tell me again. Tweet me at NotSam, and you tell me. I, I, I'm happy because I really loved the uh, Corey Graves interview that was a part of the live show. 
and the Q&A was incredible. I had uh, Katie Linendahl and myself, along with Corey Graves and Paul Heyman, on stage, and the questions that you guys came up with were phenomenal. So if the YouTube is enough, you've seen it, you've heard it, tell me that. If it's something that you want to hear on the podcast, let me know that too, and I can, uh, I can put that on uh, next week or the week after or something like that. Uh, now, why don't we get into this? Speaking of, by the way, YouTube, there's a YouTube-exclusive interview right now at YouTube.com slash NotSam. Again, findable at NotSam.com as well. Katie Linendahl and myself interviewed Seth Rollins uh, a couple of nights before SummerSlam at 2K16's uh, press event. 2K16, uh, of course, WWE 2K16. It's coming out in October, uh, and it looks incredible. I can't wait to play the Stone Cold mode. Stone Cold, aside from Sasha Banks, is my favorite wrestler of all time. So the video game looks incredible, but we were part of uh, 2K's press event. We interviewed Seth Rollins. That interview is available right now if you go to youtube.com slash NotSam. Very, very interesting interview. We talked to him about the possibility of unifying the titles. Uh, he called the Ultimate Warrior an idiot at one point. Um, it was in context. Uh, and uh, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. We talked about him not main eventing, not being on the cover of 2K16. We talked about if uh, if he felt like a little kid when he won that title because he grew up a wrestling fan. It's, I, I'm really I'm happy with the interview, and it was great talking to him. So if you want to check that out, it's at youtube.com slash NotSam, Katie Linendahl, and myself with Seth Rollins. In the meantime, speaking of Ms. Linendahl, uh, I have her joining me this week for the State of Wrestling. She was there with me for all the events. This is one of those weeks where the second half of the podcast is not going to suffice. I mean, there's so much to address. We'll address about as much as we can. Uh, Katie Linendahl here with yours truly, Primetime Sam Roberts. This week on the State of Wrestling, Howard Finkel, why don't you tell him what it sounds like? It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome to the State of Wrestling. Ta-da! Here we are. It's the State of Wrestling. Katie Linendahl is here. Uh, uh, it's been a very busy, busy weekend. Busy weekend? Yeah. This is the definition of too much birthday. Is it? Are you well, feeling too up, much birthday? Feeling too much birthday? Are you kidding me? We both threw up the other day. Well, that's because we had food poisoning from the Barclays Center because they had these, they were trying to be crafty with the food. I'm just going to get right to it. So they were trying to be crafty with the food and they named everything like the Daniel Bryan chicken tenders. Well, yeah, and the, the attitude adjustment buffalo wings. So we ate our feelings. Yeah, we, I mean, combined. And then we threw up too much birthday. I think we ate four orders of boneless buffalo wings That's a true combined. story. Uh, and then I thought it was medicinal to, to wash it down with two 20-ounce with I thought were mad dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think they tasted like Boone's Farm. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that's food poisoning. I think that's overeating. I think that's a totally different thing. <laughs> I ate half my body weight. <laughs> food poisoning would be uh, their fault. Uh, us being completely well, we were, we irresponsible. We're feelings because of all these errors from these rest, But I'm not going to get ahead of myself, Sam Roberts. Well, let's talk, okay. Katie. Uh, of course, it was SummerSlam weekend. You had TakeOver, SummerSlam, and Raw, all emanating from the Barclays, all with Sam Roberts and Katie Linendahl in attendance. Uh, if you want evidence of that, you could just watch Raw this week and find out uh, that there's a big RefGate sign in clear view during the, oh, just a couple segments, like the Ric Flair segment right. and the Seth Rollins segment. Right. Just the two biggest segments of the night. I don't Ref want you Gate. to get ahead of yourself, too, because... Also, if you want to see some evidence of some of some good journalism, right? We also had a big week because we had a huge Sports Illustrated article come out. Very good, Linendahl. I made um, notes this week. Yes, taking this very seriously this week. Katie and I wrote an article. Uh, we interviewed Sarah Amato, uh, Sarah Del Rey. For those of you that know, Sarah Del Rey, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. Mm -hmm. uh, that's everybody, right? Sasha, you said Sasha. Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, and yes. Sarah. Okay. We interviewed all of them and wrote an article for Sports Illustrated, which is up on the Sports Illustrated website. You could do a search for it and find it, I'm sure, um, about the Divas Revolution and what it means and how it came to be and all that stuff. Uh, if you have any trouble finding it on the website, just check Stephanie McMahon's Twitter account because she tweeted it out for us. So thanks, Steph. I'm sure you're listening. Muchas gracias. That's right. Um, 
So I would like to say before we get into any ref gate, before we get into any green mailboxes, before we get into any mailboxes today, the real sister Abigail, who knew? I'm not the type to say I told you so. But last week, I came in here and I made some SummerSlam predictions. You did. And let me tell you something. Spot on. Spot on. I'm telling you, The Undertaker, you are at Raw. Who is the biggest good guy in the company? Brock Lesnar. Biggest good guy in the company is Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Everybody booed The Undertaker. Uh, uh, Seth Rollins won both titles. They're making a bigger deal than ever about John Cena winning the 16th World Championship. It's like they heard Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast and said, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe we'll go in that direction. And then we're like, let's get it over on that little elf, too. We're going to throw some more ref issues at her. That's what happened. They were like, they were like, who's the uh, who's the hype girl on there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's fuck up her day a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. How about a lot? Well. Things went from bad to worse. Of course. We've been complaining about the officiating uh, in WWE for quite some time here. And RefGate is upon us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind. Who do you blame for what happened in the Brock Lesnar-Undertaker match? Was it the Undertaker for taking credit for the victory? Was it Son of the Shockmaster, the timekeeper, for ringing the bell? He really is the Shockmaster's son. For ringing the bell too early. Or was it the referee? I, I'm not sure of what his name was. Oh, let me tell you. His name is Chuck. Chuck Robinson. <laughs> you know what? At the end of this podcast, we're going to have a contest because we haven't had a contest in a while. And the whole idea is we're going to blow up that man's Twitter account. Is that right? We are. We haven't decided what it is. We'll come up with it. Well, we're in the pre-show meeting right now. Yeah. Um, but whose fault was it? Chuck Robinson? I Well, it doesn't matter what happens. I, I just blame Chuck Robinson for everything. I think you could. Life. Let's be honest. He was the one who was out of position. He was the one who missed the tap. There was so much confusion. I mean, I, how many times did I ask for an explanation on that? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was, was the a problem. lot for a wrestling fan to handle. Like, in my mind. I don't want to have to, like, you know, undo a Rube Goldberg to figure out just what <laughs> happened in that match. This shouldn't, like, be, like, the Hadron Collider, you know, trying to figure it out right. and how it operates. I just want to, like, piece <laughs> things together and not have to think. You're on brand today. I am. Let me tell you. Uh... Yeah, here was the thing. The result was the same, but in my mind, it was almost as if they didn't want to make The Undertaker do something fully, like, bad guy-ish because he still did the bad guy move, but it was way convoluted. The live audience did not know what was going on, and the live audience is important because you could say, you know, why placate to 15,000 people when you're broadcasting to millions potentially? Mm-hmm. But the answer is because the millions watching it are listening to the reaction of the 15,000 on TV. The, if you you got to have the people in the arena because they shape the opinions of the people watching on TV. Um, well, was, we, we was, talked about this at length too because I, I love to get your opinion on how you would have done things differently yeah. for that match. Because what I felt was such a disappointment was I felt like all of SummerSlam was fantastic. Subjectively yeah. speaking. And then you end on that one note, and it reminded me a lot even, of the Royal Rumble. Even the match was good. The Lesnar-Undertaker match, match was, was really good. There was great highlight moments in it. But you know you've done something wrong. And this happened two years ago at SummerSlam when Daniel Bryan won the title and Randy Orton cashed in. It wasn't to the same extent, but people left. They expected something, and they got something else, and they left upset. Not as much as they did in Brooklyn. That was in L.A. You know, that was a little bit of a debate. I didn't. I wasn't upset leaving that show. I actually thought that moment was done well. Moments after that, not done well. But that moment was done well. They could have done something better after it, and they didn't. I just wouldn't have involved the timekeeper. I think well, that's where it got very confusing. Yeah, I th- I've never seen a match end like that. I mean, I can't think back to something that's ended like that. Well, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, maybe because they think, well, our time. Why not just have Chuck screw up like he usually does, not looking, (laughs) and he gets he gets hit in the mailbox, right? And then that's how it ends. Like he has his bad guy move. Why involve the timekeeper? Well, because you have to get to a place where the Undertaker wins the match, and he doesn't deserve to win the match, but he has to win the match. So. But he's got to do something. There's got to be a distraction from the referee. Like there's got to be something. They didn't want to have him do anything too underhanded, I don't think. Well, Which ship I think sailed on that. I think that's a mistake. What do you mean? He did do that. You mean because he punched him in the dick? Yes. 
As opposed to kicking him in the dick. Nope, dude. It doesn't matter how eat, sleep, he, kick he, dicks, repeat. He hit him in the mailbox. Eat, it doesn't matter sleep, how it happened. Kick dicks, he did it. Repeat. It doesn't matter if you fired a Nerf gun in that area. This the point is he did it. Yeah, but there's a way. Nothing changes. No, but why involve the timekeeper? You're dancing around the question, Heyman. Because well, no, I'm, I don't agree with involving the timekeeper. I think the ending was not well executed at all. But and by the way, you wouldn't say that to Heyman's face. But no, I'm a Paul Heyman girl through and through. But um, I don't. I think they needed to completely change the ending if they were going to uh, 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 not use the timekeeper. They couldn't just do what they did and uh, and have him do a low blow and out because if he had done the low blow, that's like like you know technically flipping someone off is not a nice thing to do. That's a bad guy flips people off. But Brock Lesnar flipped The Undertaker off at the end of that match, and it was heroic when he did it. You can punch someone in the dick heroically. That can be done. i got a few people I'd like to... <laughs> heroically punch in the dick? Mm-hmm. I'm not one of them, am I? No, j- just one person. Yeah? Well, maybe like, what? how many refs are there? Like eight? <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I think that you would have to do something where the Undertaker like really cheated because what you need is for the crowd to turn on the Undertaker. But you could have done that in a way that didn't confuse everybody. Very confusing. Because everybody when you confuse the audience, they feel cheated. And I felt like people leaving Brooklyn on Sunday, Monday was a different story. On Sunday, people felt cheated. You know, to me, you've done not a great job when Lillian Garcia goes, thank you, Brooklyn, and the response is boo. Well, and Brooklyn's not a crowd you want to mess with. No, no. I think that they did not service Sunday's crowd properly. Monday, on the other hand, was fabulous. Well, finish your thought, too, because this prediction's been right so far, and it was like a four-step prediction. Well, there to me, okay, so here's here's what it is. So now The Undertaker is a full-on bad guy. I Everybody is saying... The Undertaker's last match versus Sting. Undertaker's last match versus Sting. Why? I I don't need to see that match. I don't need to see. Honestly, I was super excited to see Sting on Raw last night. I don't need to see Sting. I you know it's exciting to see him. I don't need to see a Sting match. Maybe it's because I'm a WWE loyalist. I don't know, but I don't care if I see a Sting Undertaker match. It doesn't matter. I'd rather see another Brock Undertaker match than see a Sting Undertaker match. And to me. The only way this story ends properly is if The Undertaker continues being a bad guy. He pops up a few more times before WrestleMania. He avoids Brock Lesnar. Like, not like, no, I won't fight you. Like, really avoids him. Like, he acts cowardly. People boo him. He is a bad guy. He beats some good guys. Like, to really build him as a bad guy. He cheats. He wins. He's, he's a, and then he comes out. WrestleMania 32 and loses to Brock Lesnar and ends his career there. No one ends their career on a loss. Everybody ends their career on a loss. That's how you. No, 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 no. Katie Linendahl. Okay, okay. I I take that back. You take that back. And here's why Undertaker's an old school guy, and everybody knows the same reason why you end your career on a loss is the same reason why you end the streak because it's a selfish act as a person. To win in your final match because your final match should be used to try to push someone else to the next level to keep the business going, you see. And if 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 Undertaker beats Brock Lesnar, then he leaves and Brock Lesnar is theoretically weaker for having lost to The Undertaker. But but if Brock Lesnar beats The Undertaker, it's still his last match. He'll still get a standing ovation for his career, and Brock Lesnar can continue to look dominant. Let's be honest. Brock Lesnar has not been pinned or submitted since he beat the streak. And before he beat the streak, he was not taken seriously as much as he is now because he had lost several times. He lost to John Cena. He lost to Triple H. Like, he was losing matches. He beat the streak, and he didn't lose since then. He lost at SummerSlam, but he didn't submit or get pinned, and it was cheap. WrestleMania. No, he didn't lose at WrestleMania. Well, technically. No, but he didn't get pinned or submitted. No, but he technically lost. He lost the title without having – but he didn't get beaten. Roman got pinned. Fair enough. Right. So – that's – there's some some clout there. There's some credibility. So, to me – 
we build the rematch. That's what makes WrestleMania even bigger. It's the third in the series. Now, people like you are going to say, who's going to win this thing? It's The Undertaker's last match. You know, theoretically. They don't, I don't know if they need to announce it or not. But we'll know it's The Undertaker's last match. You know, maybe Brock's going to win. Maybe Undertaker's going to win. I don't know. Now we can actually throw this thing up in the air. But I think Undertaker needs to go in a full-fledged bad guy because you are not going to turn that crowd against Brock Lesnar. It's not so, going to happen. To close the loop on that, though, what do you think the percentage is? Taker versus Sting or Taker versus Brock in the rubber match? For WrestleMania? For WrestleMania. Honestly, it's 50-50 because they could do the Brock-Taker blow-off before WrestleMania mm. and then have Undertaker's... Well, maybe because Night of Champions Sting. We were both surprised by that. They could easily do an Undertaker-Brock match at Royal Rumble have Brock win and then have Undertaker come back for one more match against Sting. That could happen. I think it would be better to stretch it to WrestleMania personally. But they could let this storyline go until like Royal Rumble-ish. Even Survivor Series, even sooner. But it could be till Royal Rumble. Brock still has to win. He has to win. And then have the Undertaker come back to do your little Sting match that everybody wants so badly. But Why does everybody I, want that so badly? Am I out of loop on something? I, I think it's because it's an icon versus an icon. It's the it's the icon of WCW versus the icon of WWE. Sting never left WCW. Undertaker never left WWE. They both have similar characters. They're both dark. They're both brooding. Uh, you know, they're both iconic. But I wanted to see the match six years ago. You know what I mean? Is that is that is that a terrible thing for me to say? I wanted to see the match. You know, six to ten years ago, I would have freaked out for that match. You know, do I want to see it in 2016? You know, it'd be cool, but... I, I don't think it's a strong match. I don't think the tempo's there. I think you, when you have a Taker versus Brock or Bray Wyatt that can perform... Because it's one of them's a young guy. One of them's... Fill in the yeah, void. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Undertaker and Sting are both gentlemen of a certain age at this point. And, you know, are going to need... You know, not to say anything bad about The Undertaker. He's the greatest of all time, but... You know, it helps him when he's got somebody in there helping make it believable. And it's also, it gives you a reason to really care. Like, this has an impact on today's product. I care about Undertaker and Brock Lesnar because it has an impact on today's product. It's not just like a dream match. Because honestly, at the end of the day, whether Sting or Undertaker win doesn't matter because neither one of them are going to continue to go on after that. Mm -hmm. So who cares? Right? Well, I thought The Undertaker never dies. He's going to be alive. Oh, he's going to be alive. He just won't be wrestling. Oh, okay. He'll be doing other stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. You're right to you're right to bring that up. Right. Well, I feel like too, we're out of order because we should talk about NXT first too. Takeover was a great show. It was a great show. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you this: the Sasha Banks Bailey match, and you can go and you can rewind and you can download and you can do whatever you have to do to find old podcasts. But you tell me that I was not the first person to say Sasha Banks was their favorite professional wrestler. You're very good with the predictions. I'm great. You you know a trend when you when it's coming. Katie, if there's one thing I know, it's pro wrestling. It's true. Women, food, music, nothing. TV, nothing. nothing on any of it. Mm -mm. Wrestling, I know. It's Sasha good. Banks is my favorite professional wrestler, and um, I'll go so far as to say the Bailey Sasha Banks match could be argued for being match not of the night but of the weekend. Wow. I refuse to wow. accept that it wasn't match of the night at TakeOver. And I say it could have been better than anything at SummerSlam or Raw the night after. Wow. Could have been. And guess what? The Divas, uh, uh, the, the big Divas match on Raw. Did you mean the one on NXT, the All Red Everything one? That's not the one I was bringing up. Oh, my bad. The one that was on Raw, the tag match that the, they lost the crowd for. That the the, uh, the wave started in, yeah. in Barclays Center. Yeah. What were the people chanting? We want Sasha. She wasn't in the match. Sasha's the Sasha's the one. Everything. Charlotte's the one. I um, love Charlotte. She's great. Sasha's the one. I'm going to disagree with you. Who's the one? And I'm going to say what everybody in Barclays and everyone's thinking. It's it is undeniable that a Becky Lynch, a Paige, and a Charlotte. Anna Sasha can perform. True. And Bailey. True. High flying perform. I mean, that arena was electric. 
on fire. Okay, so let's do a little math. What didn't work during that match? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, you didn't mention all the participants. Right. Oh. I'm not going to say... What didn't work during that match, Sam? Katie, you know what mode I stay in? No, 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 no. Let's call a spade a spade. Well, you're referring to the... To the uh, Bellas. Yes, I am. <laughs> Matter of fact, I am, Roberts. That match... Well, you tell me this, because I read uh, I read the internet, and people online and watching at home were pissed. You want to know who they thought ruined that match? Who? The fans. People were pissed at the audience. For me, I think it's very rare, maybe never, that you can blame the audience for anything. Like... Sorry. It's, it's so obvious, though. I don't care if you don't know anything about wrestling. Right. When you watch a match with Charlotte and Bailey and any four horsemen, the four girls, horsewomen, the tempo, the Horse excitement people. is like, it's so obvious. They want to be there. They're hyped. They are jacked up. I, it's efforting now when you put anybody else in that mix. And I, it's either they're going to have to come to that level yeah. or and, and get better. I think you're right about the fire being under them in the sense that, like, they're new and they have something to prove. I also no, think— No, it's not that they're new. It's just that they're better. It's th- that they're good. I think that there is a— uh, And this whole diva revolution is going to deflate if they don't give them the right opportunity to shine. You're saying that's not against the Bellas? I- I've called the elephant in the room out. Don't talk about Nikki like that. Me and Bree have rounded up lamps. <laughs> and if you think that we're not competitive in the ring— we have something to tell you. This diva revolution started all the way back in 1976, Sam Roberts. 1776. Yeah, 1776 so was the year. I've you were... had the title almost as long as AJ Lee. It is a good Nikki Bell impression. I'll so you if you think that we're going to sit out during this revolution, we've been training so much harder. Man. We have something to prove. You're throwing shade at the Bellas, the referees. You're on fire today, Linendahl, and I'm loving it. I- I'm just saying what the people want to hear. Well, you're talking, you're, you're speaking your truth, and that's why people are so fond of you. Where's he? <laughs> that's right. Hurt? I don't know. Uh, I think uh, Woomp, there he is. Um, also excited, Apollo Cruz. Well, no, tell me this. Sorry. I feel like watching them. I think there is a staggering difference between the way uh, divas are trained now than they were. And so I think that no matter how much catch-up you do, it's as if the NXT divas came from a different world than any of the WWE divas. I would give you that. And Paige is one of the NXT divas. She came from NXT. She came from that system. In fairness, and not to be like Debbie Downer about the situation, I I will give you that. And I think, personally, the the Bellas have made uh, remarkable improvements from where they began. They came in to the WWE. I agree with that. In the era when it was all models and stuff like that. Now. It's just half man, half model. Half man, all model. Oh, right. Damn it. You almost got it. Damn it. Apollo Crews was fantastic. Apollo Crews was. The former UHA nation, of course. Amazing. Yeah, he was amazing. I don't think he's going to spend too much time at NXT, to tell you the truth. I think that's what everybody's thinking. There's nobody like him on the main roster. You know, he's just a complete, uh, uh, unique being. So I think that that is going to be very attractive uh, to WWE. Apparently, though, some people don't even have to go through NXT. They go from the—I had no idea anybody was doing this. Oh, right. But some people go right from the training center to the main roster. Just ask our newest Wyatt family member. Sister Abigail. I don't know if that—I was actually corrected on that tweet— uh, oh. My tweet went out that said Sister Abigail has really let herself go. That's not actually. Uh, That's not accurate. That wasn't Sister Abigail. It was somebody else. Are you sure? Yeah. No. Yeah. Did yeah. Fa- Do you fact check it? I asked uh, the Bray cut a promo towards the end of Raw, and he's uh, he mentioned that Sister Abigail had spoken of uh, there. He said that he was the the black sheep of Sister Abigail. Oh, so not actually nachos at that point. I think I was getting nachos. Huh. Yeah. Um, okay. But. I don't know. Some people were saying it was a jump the shark moment for the Wyatts, but I like him in the Wyatts. I think he fits. I think he's big. I think he's cool. I don't mind it. I think the Wyatts are better as a group. I think it's better, even better than uh, at least three. I think 
So then that leaves room for Eric Rowan to still come back, though, right? I would put it uh, fine, yeah. I think Bray is strong, is most strong as a cult leader, as somebody who has followers. Mm-hmm. And you need to see those followers. It can't just be the audience with the lights up in the air. You know, you have to see the followers. And, and I think when he's got big bearded, uh, scary dudes with him, he's at his best. I also like to make note that there was a lot of hype in Brooklyn on the NXT show around Enzo and Big Cass. How you doing? Huge. And then I question why they don't have the championship. The and tag then, championship? Yeah, and then how – I mean, like, you go – just to your point a few seconds ago, like, the VOD villains, could they make it up in main roster? Like, it's a very interesting – Well, I wonder about the VOD villains big time. I wonder about Enzo and Cass, quite frankly. Oh, really? If that would work on the main roster. It's a very – those are both very NXT angles. Um or gimmicks, as it were, whatever the word is. I'm not in wrestling. But uh, I think Enzo and Cass have a better chance, but still. I think they have a 100% chance. It, I, I actually question if they haven't won the championship because they're moving them up quickly. I think they haven't won the championship, number one. I'm, they probably don't know quite when they're going up. But uh, number two, because they don't need it like uh, like the villains might. Well, the villains don't need anything now that they have blue pants. That's right. They do have blue pants. And, and to your point, anytime you name a character after outerwear, it's just a home run. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for seeing it my way. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, but I think, uh, uh, yeah, like the villains adding a, a babyface uh, manager, uh, adding the titles to him, it gives people a reason, more of a reason to cheer for him, and it, and it helps separate them a little bit. I think they could use the tag titles more than just uh, Enzo and Cass are already like Huge. the most popular right. team in the thing. Uh and what do you think about the big Dudley boys return? That was exciting. Super exciting. Anytime you get to see them in like Philly or New York territory, it's like hometown territory for them. I feel like they're coming back. Really? Yeah. Like they're going to be on SmackDown this week. That's like, a lofty statement. And it looked like Devon had a new t-shirt on. I don't know if that was a Devon t-shirt or a WWE t-shirt. He did have a 3D t-shirt on. But I feel like huh. they might have brought back the Dudley boys last night. They look good. They look great. Especially Bubba. Like Bubba's lost a person of weight, <laughs> like that. Like he, like he's he's half his size. He looks incredible. Um, yeah, but I think they're I think they're back back. I think they're trying to inject something into the into the tag team scene. That'd be exciting. Yeah, which is interesting that they came back to the main roster and not NXT. But um, I think that they're right to come back to the main roster. I mean, that place exploded. Yeah, no one was doing the wave during that match. No, no, they weren't. No, they weren't. And how about New Day in that trombone? Oh, it was fantastic. It's not a well, trumpet, Katie. No, Sam, you told me it was a trumpet, so I tweeted out, what's better, a kendo stick or a trumpet? And everybody called me an, an, a moron. Well, cool. I said it to one person, and you said it to thousands, tens of thousands of people. So who's a, a moron? Who's the I moron? I couldn't see. I couldn't see what instrument it was. I wasn't wearing my glasses. I play three instruments. I can I can recognize the difference between a trumpet and a trombone. Apparently I just couldn't not. see over the crowd. It's not what your tweets say. It made me feel dumb. Well... Maybe you are. Great entrance, though. Was a great entrance. No, I'm not dumb. Not that dumb, but... So it's a late reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, what's your contest? Well, I think we need to blow up Chuck Robinson's Twitter account. First of all, the fact that you disrespectfully call him Chuck makes my day. Yeah. Yeah. He messes with us, we're going to mess with him. Yeah. So we still have the Money in the Bank briefcase that never went out. Oh right, because your show. We had a, yeah, because you heard at the top of this, we played the live Paul Heyman uh, interview, um, and yeah, we we had a Money in the Bank briefcase to go out, but it's full just, of stuff. It just didn't fit in the show, so we have. Well, that's not true. We had a secret word, and if you said the secret word, you won the briefcase. Right. Nobody. I said it on. I I, I hinted at it at, on Twitter, but I didn't actually ask for it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there were a few people in the Cesaro section of the live gig. One of them was ready to s- sneak in a D's nuts. But nobody else, nobody actually got to. Uh, uh, Kathy Kelly from After Buzz TV from the NXT After Show was doing the Q and A. A good girl. And the people that she landed on, they didn't say the magic, magic word, so we didn't give out the prize. So we have a Money in the Bank briefcase filled with mystery prizes. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you want to give it away? Um, so we have to use a hashtag. You have to mention at not Sam at Katie Lindahl and at Charles Robinson, and then. What do you think? We should do like a hashtag, like what resume thing they need to be a better ref? Yeah. Well, it should be hashtag refgate. 
Oh, yeah. Hashtag Roughgate. Sorry. And it should just be, just tweet uh, Charles Robinson on ways he can improve his job. Yes. Oh, that's so good, Sam. So tweet Charles Robinson yep. with Katie and I attached ways he could improve his job. Hashtag Roughgate. And uh, and one person will get the briefcase. This is good. This is good. And remember, if you do like, if you go above and beyond like photos and videos, it might get you bonus points. Right, right. We love multimedia. Yeah, we love multimedia. Mm-hmm. All right, Katie Lindendahl, thank you for joining me. Good times as always. Good times as always. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Chowski. Here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.